Now playing Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. Hello, good people, and welcome to the podcast, Movie Reviews in 20 Qs, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. I am your host, Sam Hurley, and I am joined this week by none of my regulars. In fact, I have two brand new spanking guests on the show. I've got Stephen Izzy from Everything I Learned From Movies. How are you guys? Yeah, everybody. Hey. Doing great over here. Yeah. Finally talk about this cinematic masterpiece. Oh, so amazing. Yeah, I mean, like, people will obviously be able to see the name of this podcast and see the film we're doing. And if you're going to do a film like this, you have to go out and get to, like, Nicolas Cage's Masters. I don't know how to describe you guys. Like, you're more of a fan of him than uh, me. Aficionados, I think it might be a, a good term. The, yeah. I mean, we've named multiple cats after Nicolas Cage characters, so I think uh, we're super fans. Yeah, I got old Caster Troy, and we got Cameron and Poe running around here. Pickles, we've dubbed Pickleless Cage, so... <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's unreal. And you've also got two degrees of separation, don't you? You've interviewed his brother, who's also a film director. Oh, yeah. Basically, his genetic clone, Christopher Coppola. We've talked to him. He's a great guy. Sounds exactly like him. Oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah. Uh, a couple uh, former directors and mm-hmm. co-stars and stuff. And uh, we're just kind of circling around, waiting for him to answer answer our constant calls and emails. <laughs> If you're listening, Mr. Cage, and we know you are, hit us up. We want you on. We'll only talk about the movies nobody talks about. Like, no, nobody wants to hear more about Face Off and Con Air. No, no, we want to hear about uh, Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Uh, yeah, color Out of Space. <laughs> yeah. Kill Chain. I mean, I've got questions about Kill Chain. <laughs> Please ask him some questions about Inconceivable. Uh, anyone that's listened oh, to our Patreon yes. has heard us rip that movie apart. And I've got so many questions about that film, but I'm so jealous. But I mean, he's he's the high water mark for us as well. Like the day I interview him for my podcast is the very last episode of the show. Like I'll well, that, that, n- never be able that, to top that. That's just it. If he wants to bring down podcasting in general, all he has to do is take a weekend and be like, "All right, you got me for 15 minutes for like <laughs> everyone from like Joe Rogan down to us," and then, <laughs> and then it's like, "Well, I I guess that's it, everybody." So True. Wicker Man. Yeah, no. <laughs> Wicker Man. That's right. That's right. Wicker Man, uh, the 2006 remake, uh, obviously starring Nicolas Cage, as we've mentioned. A couple of the other sort of pertinent details starring Lily Sabisky. Sabisky? Oh, I've got no idea how to say her last name. Is Sister Honey. Alan Burston. Poor Alan Burston. As Sister Summer Isle. Kate Behan as Willow Woodward. And Molly Parker as Rose and Sister Fawn. Directed by Neil Laboot, who also was part of the screenplay. And yeah, uh, if you haven't seen Wicker Man and you're doing yourself a disservice by not seeing it, I'm just going to give you guys a quick plot of the film. So upon receiving a letter from his one-time fiancé Willow, imploring him to search for her missing daughter on the secluded island of Summer Isle, policeman Erin Malice, played by Nicolas Cage, quickly makes his way to the island to locate the girl and seek an answer as to why Willow suddenly and inexplicably disappeared shortly before their wedding date. Once there, Cage is troubled to discover that the residents of Summer Isle seem reluctant to offer any specific details as to the girl's apparent death. Nicholas Cage soon discovers that there are still some cultures that have their own unique beliefs about humankind's relationship with Mother Earth and refuse to adapt to the rules of modern society. Having a look at the scores for this film, IMDb have it at 7.5 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes has it 89%. No, I've got the original. Hang on a second. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, uh, you got the wrong one, sir. I can tell you that right now. That was totally on purpose, but uh, looking at the scores for this film, IMDb have it at 3.7 out of 10, and Ron Tomatoes have it at 15%. I'm so excited to do this film, guys. I have been, like, this has been long forecast for me to do, and when I heard you guys were coming on, I was so excited, like, and uh, this is just, like, (laughs) dreams come true, so I'm trying to hide my enthusiasm, because 
Basically, if you haven't heard this podcast before, what we do is we review a movie by asking 20 questions about it. The one that we always start with is the compliment sandwich or the shit sandwich, which is if you're giving it a score over 5,000 out of 10,000, you give it a compliment sandwich. If you give it a score under 5,000 out of 10,000, you give it a negative sandwich. And I wanted to have on some guys that I knew were going to give it compliment sandwiches. So that, that's why I've got you guys on here, because I'm fucking like hell. I'm showing my cards early. I'm giving this a compliment sandwich out the fucking wazoo. Um, but Steve, why don't you lead us off? Why don't you tell us what you like? One thing good, one thing bad, and one thing good about this film for you? Yeah, obviously it's a compliment sandwich over here. But yes. uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, Cage's acting in this movie. I mean, this is kind of between when he was the big blockbuster guy going into I don't know five movie, five or six movies a year. <laughs> it's all set in New Orleans. I mean, he he's really he's really selling the the distressed part. He's obviously infuriated by the situation that he's in. It's very reminiscent of the original from uh, what was it seventy three or nineteen seventy three mm-hmm. or something. Mm. Uh, one thing bad about it: there are so many unanswered questions in this movie that I need answers to. So when Wicker Man two comes out, hit me up. Um, <laughs> and I guess the other good thing. Uh, a lot of uh, empowered women roles in this movie, which mm. uh, you know, two thousand six. That's a uh, that's that's not happening every day. Yeah, check it out, everybody. We'll, we'll give our scores out of ten thousand Bs at the end. So uh, just hold on to the score <laughs> just just yet, Steve. What about you, Izzy? What are what are your things? Oh, this is a hundred percent a compliment sandwich. Yes, this, uh, uh, the pot uh, a positive compliment. This movie is fucking amazing. Um, a negative is uh, that it didn't make enough money to get the sequel to answer the questions. Yeah. That is that means that's right, audience. I'm blaming you. <laughs> You're the worst part of this movie. And uh, I would like to conclude with this movie is fucking amazing. I love this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much my compliments as well. <laughs> I mean, like, my first thing was like, that, like if if you go into this film expecting the like the original, or if you go in expecting any sort of like cinematic quality whatsoever, then this is not the film for you. Like, you've got to go in realizing that this film just fucking goes for it, and like part of the reason why it just goes for it is is just Nicolas Cage. He honestly is just off the page in this one. Like, he's done some crazy films, but in this, his acting is just dialed up to like twenty seven or something like that. Like, it's just breaking the scales and i just love it like i just absolutely love it yeah. <laughs> so amazing the the bad thing for me is it kind of lulls a bit in the middle like there's a, a little bit towards the middle that sort of like sags just a little bit my other good thing is like i just love the fact that like nicholas cage is off the page in this yeah sure but all the like everything else that happens to everybody else in this movie is insane and they just have zero reaction to it like this just like <laughs> this is just like, a tuesday it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they've got no like overwhelming emotional reaction to the insanity that's happening around them. Like, and I mean, I'll I'll go back to Nicolas Cage because this is the first example I think of. Is there's a scene where he's on a boat and he like looks up while he's sitting on the boat and there's a little blonde girl on the end of the boat and he's watching the little blonde girl and he's sort of like staring at her, thinking of the blonde girl that he just seen get killed in a fucking car accident. <laughs> and then this little girl just gets smoked by a truck like a hallucinatory track that just smokes her off the end of the boat. And he just doesn't even blink. He just looks away like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and he also doesn't react when it happens again, like 15 minutes later in the movie. Because <laughs> obviously this is a, a reoccurring hallucination he's been having. So he's used to seeing the trucks killing little girls. He's desensitized <laughs> to it now. Or the dream double take when he's, hey, you know what, we're, oh god, we're, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we're, we're, we got oh, questions. Very getting oh, I'm so hot and bothered. 
this movie does that to us. But uh, yeah, as a score out of 10,000 Bs, what do you got there, Steve? Oh, jeez. 9,384 Bs. Uh, the, the, the one kind of thing that's kind of bringing it down from like 9,800 or something like that. Um, well, you know what? I'm going to save it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite high. What about you, Izzy? 12,000 Bs. I love this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I am going to bring in a couple of truckloads of my own Bs. <laughs> oh, not the Bs. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. I Yeah, I'm up there. I'm like 8,999. And I, I honestly could fluctuate between 8,999 and 89,999. It's just like, it's ridiculous. It's Depending on what mood you get me in is how much I love this movie. But yeah, it's just, oh, it's just so good. And we'll we'll wax a little bit more poetical about it in our later questions. Uh, so, yeah, as I said, we're just going to fly through 10 questions that can be applied to any film. Next up is question number two. What is it there, Steve? Uh, what song would you have inserted into this film and where and why? I was thinking, so he's a Los Angeles cop, right? Or California cop? Yeah, I think I just sort of put him in, in Los Angeles. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I feel like uh, with all the burning, uh, Los Angeles is burning. Yeah, I think that should have been just slipped in somewhere, even if it's just playing on the radio. Is that bad religion? <laughs> yeah, bad religion. That's oh, it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm touching on that. I was going to go with Johnny Cash's "Burning Ring of Fire," just like <laughs> yeah. a like soft acoustic version at the end when he's just basically in a burning ring of fire. That would have been yeah. that would have been good for me. I can see it. The, the, this this may be because we just watched Rocky Four for our own podcast, but uh, I was thinking the old Ro- Robert Tepper classic. There's no easy way out, <laughs> and it's when he, and it's when he's running around in the bee field getting stung and everything. <laughs> I'm in. Oh, I love that. I love that. Cool. Uh, I just forgot to mention that that is the first of our Patreon questions, which is our $5 Patreons get to throw a question in there, and that one comes from courtesy of Chrisini. Thanks, Chris. You're the man. Uh, what's question number three there, Steve? Oh, sorry. Oh, Izzy. Izzy. What's question number three? See, what deep philosophical debate arose during this film? I've got so many. I've got right. so, so many. <laughs> but the, the one... And I don't want to know the answer to this, by the way. Like, this, this arose in me, and I'm convinced I know the answer, but I don't actually want to know if I'm right or not. As there's a point there where Nicolas Cage rolls up on the harbour pilot, captain, whatever he is, and just basically says, ahoy there. And the guy replies, what was that? And then Nick goes, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. To which the guy goes, I'll just go with hello. What I'd like to think is that actually wasn't meant to be filmed for the movie. That was just a couple of cameras that were still going, and Nick was trying to work out what he was supposed to say, like what his <laughs> lines of dialogue was supposed to be. And that's why the guy was like, just say hello. Come on, man. You just, you, fucking, you know how to act. Don't you want a fucking Oscar? Come on, man. Is this your first film? <laughs> exactly. I love it. Uh, for me, the philosophical debate that arose in me was, um, could I handle being a eunuch? I mean, it's one of those things where it's like so much of my life, like, you know, I've, I've been kind of scatterbrained and just all over the place. Like, if I if I wasn't thinking about getting Poontang constantly since I was, like, 13 years old, would I be able to focus and just... What could you have done? My all God, yeah. those hours of thapping it yeah. would have been turned into productive hours. I apologize everybody with cancer. I could have stopped it, but I, I, I just needed <laughs> it. You know what I mean? Uh, I've just got this horrible montage just playing in my head now of how much time of my life I've wasted <laughs> on, on the with you, Steve. <laughs> And it's it, 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 like this, the Green Day song behind it. <laughs> I yeah, bet you much. have the time of your lives. <laughs> and for some reason, it's in black and white as well. It's just yeah, like, all, like all colors faded from my memories. <laughs> <laughs> Those days, weeks, months spent thapping it. <laughs> exactly. What about you, Iz? 
Uh, well, I actually, I had two. Uh, the first Hit one us. was, is this movie a Jacob's Ladder scenario? <laughs> Did he actually die in the car accident and the rest of it is just sort of his, like, purgatory? Because obviously, we find out later, he may not be the most ethical cop. And then the other one oh, is, shit. how far do the rights extend of both religion and the law? Because he's way outside his jurisdiction here, and yeah. they are too. Absolutely. Damn deep. Absolutely. <laughs> to answer your first one, it would make a lot more sense than a truck just plowing off the side of the road and taking out a car with a uh, you know mother and daughter in it. Like... It would make way more sense for him to actually get smoked by a truck than it would for, you know, just this truck plowing off the side of the road, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, uh, that's a good so, one. so, Lightning. so many questions about that scene because, okay, damn it. So, <laughs> if, <laughs> if, if there's a flaw in this movie, and I think this is the one, it's like, okay, so there's the, the mother and the daughter in that car, and he, you know, the daughter's being a little bitch or whatever and throws it all out in the road. So Nicolas Cage goes to grab it. I mean, he looks both ways, I think, before he goes out there, whatever, but then yeah. the truck silently comes out of nowhere and blasts through that station wagon. Oh, and wagon. it's going the wrong way. Because she just pulled off the road and it hit him, hit him head on. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 But, but then it's like, okay, then he's like in there trying to save him or whatever, and it explodes and all that stuff. And it's like, okay, so those, those two are dead, right? Oh. Oh, they come up at the end of the movie? Oh, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, he, everybody on Summer's Isle is a ghost. There's the twist. <laughs> he died. Yeah. That little, those little blonde girls, by the way, they're all clones on the island. Are the harbingers of death? Oh, death rides a pale horse. <laughs> True. I don't trust blonde girls, especially little blonde girls. Mm. Uh. Birth to one, and I don't trust that thing whatsoever. Yeah, keep, it, keep an eye on her. All right. Question number four. This is also a Patreon question. This comes courtesy of the amazing man that is Dave Baker. Thanks, Dave. Always love your questions. And Dave has his own Patreon that you should all go check out at patreon.com forward slash your favorite. I'll have a link down in the show notes. Post a ton of awesome content on there. And what Dave would like to know this week is which two characters from this film would you guys want with you at your house party? Well, for me, um, I mean, the answer is pretty obvious. It's Rose and Thorne, the twins played by Molly Parker, because twins at a party is always a good time. And it's Molly Parker, so yeah. <laughs> Got a chance with at least she, one of them, right? Yeah, but she's pretty ruthless in this. Sister Rose is definitely the, the fornier one, which is quite ironic. The other one just wants to hang on to her bike, so she's kind of normal, but... But, yeah. but still twins. <laughs> yeah, twins, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, obviously I'm going to invite Beach. Because she makes the mead. She's oh, going to yeah. bring the party drinks. Yeah. And uh, I also decided I was going to invite Rose because I decided she is so uptight. She's got to be a freak. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a hard one for me because there's no one in this film that's really that like engaging and that you want to sort of hang out with, really. So I'm going to have to I'm going to have to go with uh, Pete, who's his like, best friend that works at the police station. That's kind of got a level head oh, and knows yeah. what he's talking about. He's about the only one that's level-headed. And then I was, I was thinking that I'd also go of the blonde policewoman that comes to visit him and is like, oh, hey. And he's like, come in. I can leave if you want. Okay. It's like, <laughs> yeah. that made no sense. Yeah. But, and then uh, when she also, shows up at the end of the movie, it's like, okay, fuck you too, movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, obviously she was in on it, but yeah. Isn't but, she the one yeah. who suggests he takes some time off? Yeah. Isn't that why she, she comes is. over? That evil woman. Anywho, that moves us to question number five. What do you got there, Steve? Uh, question five. What's your most controversial opinion about this film? Gee, Izzy, <laughs> would you like to start? I guess my most controversial opinion is, uh, this movie's fucking awesome, and 
people need to like start giving it the credit that it's due. Y'all need to stop bashing on it. This movie's amazing. I'm going to echo you there. I'm actually going to say it's better than the original. Like that was that was my controversial opinion. Obviously, given the score that we've, we've given it, we all fucking love this film, so it's no yeah. surprise that we might think that that is the case. And a lot of people might not have actually seen the original, so I'm also going to put it on blast a horror movie that came out recently, which was Midsummer. Which oh, is that's okay. You went yeah. right into mine because not only yeah. is it better than the '73 version, which is great and available it's on Netflix, very but good. Midsummer is fucking. Horseshit. Horrible version of Hate. Wicker Man, which has fifteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Hate Midsummer. Midsummer was trash, and the people who like it—spoiler alert—are all people who don't watch suspense movies, don't watch thrillers, and don't watch horror movies. So this is the only fucking thing they've seen, and they think they're all high and mighty because woo! Turns out it was a breakup story the whole time. <laughs> oh, I'm about to fucking lose my mind. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> I'll put it out there. I, I kind of enjoyed Midsummer, but I mm. kind of would have enjoyed it if it was half an hour longer. You know, I yep. mean, shorter. Sorry, it was just it just dragged for just so long. Whereas this has had just crazy plot points and or plot beats every fucking five minutes or so. So yeah, Midsummer would have been a great forty-five minute Outer Limits episode. Yep. Yeah, just just <laughs> picture this movie with an extra hour of staring at people's faces as they do nothing. Oh my gosh. Oh, and but Swedish it's so people. thought-provoking. <laughs> yeah, I love watching people trip balls. That's why I hang out at Heroin Dens. Is that your controversial opinion as well, Steve? It's better than Midsummer. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, maybe, well, it's not controversial. It's better than Midsummer, but yeah, better than the 73 <laughs> version, because, I, I mean, the original one, um, Nicolas Cage is a better lead. I mean, the, I, I don't know the actor's name. I, I love the musical numbers in the first one, but the, I don't know, virginal officer guy that comes in to check out the island and everything. Just, just not that that good of a, a character. Like, I kind of want him to be executed by the end, but well, you know. all right. So I'm gonna go ahead and throw <laughs> this out there. I really do like the original. Yeah, I really yeah, do. Me too. I definitely feel like this one has higher entertainment value, which I am 100 yeah. percent in on. Yeah. I love those quote unquote popcorn movies. You just watch them for pure entertainment. Um, I also something I was sort of like noticing. So in the first one, the officer who goes to uh, to the to Summer Isle to to find out about the missing child uh he's very pious yeah you know he yeah. he's very religious and he's not necessarily likable but you know you gotta admire him he's he's a good catholic they named him in this one the snake cage one malice yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. literally named him malice like out the <laughs> gate he's popping pills he's hallucinating he's trying to do a good job but he's he's not <laughs> following the rules in any way shape or form yeah, he's got a lot going against him. I completely yeah. agree. No, like, I suppose for me, it's like, I've seen the original one once, and I've got no desire whatsoever to go back and watch it. Whereas for this one, I've actually watched the alternate version and the normal version this week. Like, that's how much I enjoy <laughs> yeah. this fucking film. Yeah. So good. Cool. Okay, that moves us down to question number six, which is also a Patreon question. Oh, shit, I forgot to mention that last time. Last one was also a Patreon question, which comes courtesy of Julio of the Contrarians podcast, podcast in which they rage against the Ron Tomatoes machine. So they argue for why a shit film is actually really good. So I can't remember if you've done this film, Julio, but boy, do I fucking want you to do it. Julio, <laughs> if you haven't, we'll come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll all come on. We'll just overwhelm you with guests, Julio. There you go. <laughs> question number six is also a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of the amazing woman that is Emily Higgins, who runs the Tasteless podcast. And what would she like to know there is? She would like to know which side character would make the best spinoff movie. 
this one's kind of easy for me because I feel like this is just a natural progression of where the film's going to go. And that's his mate Pete, the um, the yellow police officer that we talked about. Because Nicolas Cage showed him where Summer Isles is. And obviously he's now disappeared and he's like rung Pete and left a weird message on his answer phone of like, oh, you're never going to believe what I did. So I reckon Pete knows where to go. So I reckon the sequel is just going to be like... um. So, sort of similar to that Red State film that Kevin Smith did back in 2011 where a whole bunch of like basically religious nut jobs got like attacked by the FBI. And I'm just imagining that. I'm just imagining Summer Isles going full like Rambo survival mode trying to fight off the like American government. That's what I'm imagining. I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. And then she trains dolphins to talk and then uses them <laughs> to, to pl- the in a plot to assassinate the president. <laughs> now we can bring Jersey Scott into the universe. <laughs> Ooh, I got some amazing. bad news, babe. <laughs> You've never seen Day of the Dolphin. Highly recommended. <laughs> oh yeah, for me, uh, yeah, it's got to be uh, Aaron Eckhart's character who shows up in the diner for like three seconds and then uh, goes off to film. Hold on, looking it up in IMDb. While you're doing that, I have a thought <laughs> on the spinoff movie starring Aaron Eckhart, the truck driver. Yes, yes. Uh, who else played a famous truck driver who was not credited in a uh, film franchise, Steve? Was it Hercules? Oh shit! Yeah, Kevin Sorbo from the first Fast and Furious movie. So now we have we can really? do a Ke- yeah. so now we can do a trucker movie with Aaron Eckhart and Kevin Sorbo that brings together <laughs> the Fast and Furious universe <laughs> and the Wicker Man universe. Oh, I got I got some good news, guys. <laughs> the other movie he made in 2006 was The Black Dahlia, which in itself would be an interesting spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, absolutely. But the next one after that is No Reservations. Yes, the romantic comedy where he and Catherine Zeta-Jones play chefs. Remember that? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't reckon he might have been the truck driver that like drove the truck straight into the like mum and daughter's car? We we actually asked that the other day, or you know, when we watched it the other day, because it was like, yeah, he like gets up and leaves, and so like, is it inferred that he was pulling out of the parking lot and plowed into him? Yeah, that. That had to be someone coming from like a mile or two down the road at least. Well, so yeah, the like fan he's theory driven down the road and turn around, yeah, yeah. So the fan theory is Nick Cage gets uh, drugged at at his coffee gets drugged at the cafe, correct? Oh, um, I've heard that before. Like before he goes and sees the two gals. Oh, okay. Why would they not also drug Aaron Eckhart? That would explain why the truck was driving on the wrong side of the road. Oh, oh, holy shit! Uh, Hell, uh, who even uh, says he's actually driving it? it? What if one of the ladies is waiting in there like a hitchhiker? He gets drugged when he passes out. She turns around and drives the truck. She'd be able to ma- maneuver the truck into a non-fatal accident for the two gals inside the truck. That's it. I gotta watch this movie again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What was uh, what was yours, Izzy? Obviously, the blonde lady cop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Adventures of Blonde Lady Cop, who obviously has some sort of plant name. I'll call her Basil. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so she's blonde lady cop who actually also works for you know this religious cult multiple states away on an island and uh yeah so she's just recruiting people nice undercover agent i can see that yeah yeah that works cool uh that moves us down to question number seven also a patreon question this question comes courtesy of dan brennick of the netflix and swill podcast these guys were on recently on independence day but you guys should all go check out their podcast as well and what dan would like to know is where would we have inserted the song all the small things by Blink One Eight Two into this film. What do you got, Steve? <laughs> uh, obviously, I had the uh, opening scene, like playing on the radio of the station wagon, while yeah, uh, nice. Nick Cage is talking to him, and then the truck comes and plows through it. <laughs> it would have been a good tonal shift of this sort of happy, upbeat, poppy song to just like, whoa, what the fuck? You know, yeah, would have been good. 
Yeah, it would have been perfect for setting up this, you know, this weird universe. But yeah, I don't know. So I had a similar thought on that, but I was thinking just slightly later, it's after Nick Cage gets blown back and he gets knocked unconscious, there's the black pot, the the black screen pause because he's knocked out. We pop it in right there. <laughs> <laughs> Say it ain't so, I, I will not, not go. go. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you, as much sense as anything. Uh, yeah, for me, it's the scene where he's running through the field getting stung by the bees because, you know, all the small <laughs> things, all the bees. Yeah. <laughs> That was the backup for me, too. (laughs) Question number eight there, Steve. Yeah, question number eight. What scene from this film were you remember on your deathbed? Phallic symbol, phallic symbol. (laughs) (laughs) I was so glad someone brought it up. Thank you. Somebody brought up the phallic symbol. That's correct. I said that. Those are the words that came out of my mouth. Good answer. (laughs) How about you, Sam? Uh, it's definitely not the bees, armor eyes, armor eyes. I'm basically trying to do that with as much, uh, the anti Nicolas Cage delivery, basically, of not the bees, not the bees, armor eyes, my eyes. That's basically it. <laughs> I can't believe that uh, wasn't in the original version of the movie. It was not in the original <laughs> cut. That's the craziest part. Was I watched the original cut and then they just like literally went from, oh, you bitches, you know, like hold, yeah. holds him down. And then he's in the fire. I was like, what the fuck is, where's the bees? Where's the bees shit? And so I had to rewatch the alternate version to the, to the, the point that my wife version. was like, have you got a problem? I was like, yeah, I do. I need to fucking see everything. <laughs> <laughs> I want the two and a half hour cut. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, uh, definitely that. Yeah, For me, the scene from this film that I will remember till my dying day is also one of my favorite gifts. It's the bear slap. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nicolas Cage is dressed up in a bear outfit, runs up. <laughs> what is it, sister? Slap. <laughs> I was I was tossing up between that and the like standing sidekick it gives Lily. Yeah, okay. Well, that that was the other place I was going to put the uh, all the small things is during his uh, cage rage in that bar. <laughs> that, oh, that was phenomenal! Just I love how she just comes at him like a bloody spider monkey and jumps on his back and then just standing side kicks her into those photos. That was just phenomenal. <laughs> so good. Uh, moves us on to our fan favorite question. Congrats, Iz! You get to have it this week. What is it there? What quote from this movie would be the worst thing to hear after you finish having sex? <laughs> now, I, I started going through the script, and then I just realized that I'd copied down about 1,700 lines, so I've tried to trim it down to just one, because there's a lot in this film that would be, that would be up there. Uh, I've got two favorites. Fuck, it's hard. But the more you think about it, the worse it would be, would be step away from the bike. It's like... <laughs> I was I'm thinking just uh, with the town bike. That's good to hear. And now somebody's telling me to step away from her. Awesome. <laughs> I think I know Steve's. <laughs> uh, how to get burned? <laughs> yeah. How to get burned? How to get burned? How to get burned? <laughs> that was all, that was up there. That was definitely up there. How about you, babe? <laughs> I'll, I'm thinking it would not be great to hear after sex. Phallic symbol, phallic I'm just going to keep bringing up because that scene is amazing. Who, who knows? It might be your thing if a little girl screaming that at you. Yeah, but uh, how did it get burned was a very close second. <laughs> yeah. I, I do not want somebody like, oh. oh, babe, that was amazing. How did it get burned? 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 Well, that's also like our, our greeting nowadays. Is, oh, how did it get burned to you? And how did it get burned to you? Yeah. <laughs> how did it get burned, everybody? No, that's true, love. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> And takes us down to question number 10, which is the last of the questions that can be applied to any film. Uh, this one, I mean, it's, yeah. The, the question is, what's the biggest dick move of the movie? And I, I think, oh. 
like we've almost got to rule out the fact that somebody lured a dude to an island just to kill him. It's, that's pretty. That's a pretty big dick move. So I don't know. Maybe that one's off the table. But what do you guys got? What do you guys reckon is the biggest dick move <laughs> of this There's film? There's so many dick moves Nicolas Cage does throughout this movie. Um, oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, stealing the bike at gunpoint was kind of awesome, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll go. I'll go with that. <laughs> Honestly, the biggest dick move in this entire movie is when Nick Cage is checking in to, uh, oh, to yeah. Beach's restaurant. <laughs> He's uninvited. Nobody fucking wants him there, except for, like, one person who did not ask permission. He's on private land. He's like, hey, can I just, like, get a room or something? Well, we don't really do that. Well, can you just make it happen? Hey, and uh, why don't you just give me a drink, too? Um, oh. Okay, this is really just for like the people who live here, but just give me a fucking drink. Oh, what they what is this bullshit? Well this is mead. We make this from our local bees. Huh, huh, yeah, I see yeah, oh that whole scene, like I I I remember the first time watching this like oh, okay, so they're making it so that I'm gonna want him to die later. Cool. Well you yeah. have to like attention, attention everyone. I just thought you'd like to know I'm a police officer and I'm looking for a girl. Right? If I heard anybody anywhere doing that, I'd be like, attention, attention, you're a huge piece of shit. <laughs> my my backup controversial opinion was like Nick Cage was so unlikable that I actually kind of think he was made to you know, like he deserved to die. That was actually one of my backup ones. <laughs> Yeah, his name is literally Malice. He's not exactly. a good dude. Uh, my one is also a Nicolas Cage thing, which it just adds more fuel to the fire that is the dickhead that is Nicolas Cage in this film, is when he arrives on the island. Okay, well, let me dial it back. He, he gets a ride out to the island from this, from this pilot who drops him off around this, on the coast sort of thing, and then he like, walks his way around. And then when he gets there, one of the ladies like, says to him, how did you get here? And he goes, oh, you know, you know. And then she goes, oh, did the harbour master or captain or whatever drop you off? And rather than go, who are you talking about? Or something like that. He just rats him out. And the poor harbour captain ends up dead. I was like, you fucking dickhead. That's not very nice. <laughs> that is right? a dick move. The one that I'm surprised no one brought up was the little girl throwing a doll out the window of the car after he's there. Oh, you know, well, yeah. The She's a little bitch, too. Yeah, but she died for it. So, you know, it's <laughs> That's why when she popped up the end, it's like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that moves us on to our personal questions, which are three questions that we thought of while watching this film. We don't necessarily have to answer ourselves, but we can if we want. Uh, what do you got there, Steve? Uh, yeah, first one I got, on a scale of one to ten, how Nick Cage is Nick Cage in this movie? 9.5. He is quite <laughs> cagey in this. I love it, like, when he starts breaking out into, like, what people consider the crazy acting, but he's just expressing all of the emotions, and I love it! <laughs> yeah. I'm absolutely there with you. I was trying to think of like what is the scale that you put it on, and like even like Con Air, he's probably at his least cagiest, which is quite saying something given how, given how insane that film is. Like he's almost like a <laughs> one out of ten cage, and then like a ten out of ten cage is like Vampire's Kiss or even Las Vegas or one of those films. So yeah, I'm up there. I reckon yeah, yeah, nine point five. I can be brought round. I definitely reckon he's a nine point five. Yeah, yeah, I had like eight written down, but it's it's probably a little higher than that. I'm just always comparing it to like vampires kiss in a cage yeah. and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. In Con Air, he's like the straight man in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and yeah. that's one of the reasons why it's so great. Hence our kittens, Cameron and Poe. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. Like you're right. And yeah, vampires kiss. Like if anyone hasn't seen that film, it is literally two hours or whatever of Nicholas Cage just having a full blown mental breakdown. Like that is the entirety of the film. <laughs> There's only very brief moments where you come up for air where he acts kind of normal for like about a second. And then it's just straight back into the insanity. Highly recommend. What you got next there, Steve? 
Uh, yeah, next one I got, uh, who would you recast in a, quote, better version of this movie? Well, I wrote down not possible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but in watching it, um, the one thing, the one thing I would change that I feel like would just add that much more texture to this movie, I love Sister Summer Isle. She killed it. But if it was Kathy Bates. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah she'd be good. Yeah, I, I've only, like, yeah, I'm the same as you. I was like, how do you Im- improve on near perfection? And then I was like, Tommy Wiseau, would he, he'd do a bit of. <laughs> Would he be better than I was thought? Nah, if if we're going to be serious about it, I reckon, like, everyone loves, like, Michael Fassbender or Tom Hardy. Like, I could imagine one of those two being the sort of conflicted cop that's, you know, that sort of has a bit of an edge to them that's sort of investigating something like this. And then uh, for Sister Summerall, yeah, I I don't see Sharon Stone in enough anymore. I want to see her brought back. I'd love to see her as an evil matriarch of an island of, you know, evil witches, basically. I'd love to see that. Nice. I, uh, I don't know if it's a particularly better version or whatever, but I would love <laughs> to see this uh, played out with Muppets and directed by Taika Waititi myself. Yes! Oh, <laughs> you're just trying to stroke my ego there, Steve. That's exactly what I want to hear. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I started thinking that with most movies nowadays where it's like, man, if this were Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's either Muppets or the cast from Archer. Yeah, <laughs> true. Those are the two answers to every movie. <laughs> Rightfully so. Nice. All right. And then uh, my last personal one. Uh, what is the name of the fighting technique used by the, quote, hero of this film? <laughs> oh, obviously it's bear style. <laughs> oh, shit. That beats what I've got. <laughs> What'd you get? Yeah, I mean, I was trying to work out what type of martial art it would be. And like we've talked about Cage's sidekick to uh, Sister Honey. And so I was like, what is probably the most efficient martial arts style? And according to my two minutes of Googling, uh, Krav Maga is apparently the most extreme efficiency. But that doesn't make sense. So I just call it Cage Maga. That's basically what it is. It's Cage Maga. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Nice. I, I had mine as a, a, a note from another Nicolas Cage film. I believe it's Deadfall where it's, hi, fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like right, that. Well- we have to combine them. It's obviously caged bear. High fucking yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Perfect. There'll be schools popping up over the next 50 years and it'll become the most popular mixed martial art. I'm telling you, UFC 9042, it'll be the winner will be <laughs> somebody fighting in that style. Uh, moves us over to Izzy for her questions. What do you got there? All right, gentlemen. The most important question of the movie. How did it get burned? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I assume by kids with matches, but yeah, one of the many questions I have uh, at the end of this movie is, how did it get burned? <laughs> well, obviously, we don't talk about it. We don't talk about why we don't talk about it. Oh. <laughs> okay, next question. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, how is your 2020 harvest looking? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been quite a long and closed in harvest so far this year and uh unfortunately if anybody's seen the news we just got a fresh fresh batch of covid that's come through that was a bit unexpected for new zealand but uh you know we're basically sealing that off and trying to prevent community transfer of that so yeah it's um not the best not the best year i don't know whether whether i'm going to sacrifice nick cage to make it better but maybe wait wait so are you telling me that uh much like on summer isle you haven't been letting strangers in uh, you've been keeping to yourself, and you've got a you've got a fresh harvest. <laughs> That's correct. That's the damn harbor master probably brought in one of those damn Americans. <laughs> he probably Goddamn did. Congrats. He probably did. We do. We yeah. we've 
been pretty good in terms of beating that thing that I'm not supposed to talk about on this podcast because I'm trying to keep it a happy and upbeat for everyone that's listening. But um, <laughs> we do have one fresh community transfer case, and we've, no one knows how it, how it was brought in or how it got here. So I definitely think the Harbour Master dropped off somebody around the coast of New Zealand, and he's just basically wandered into town and demanded a room. Yeah. Nice. Well, you guys may need, may not need to go like sacrificing a virgin like we do here in the states, but uh... we definitely need to sacrifice some people. <laughs> you know, maybe if you find a goat or something, you should be fine. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and uh, last but not least, which which child would you sacrifice, either from the movie or you know that you've run into in life? <laughs> <laughs> can, can we pick another movie? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Good. Okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was debating because, like, as I said, there's a pretty bratty kid who throws a bloody doll out the window of her car and she was pretty annoying. And then, yeah, I mean, but at the same time, man, I want to sacrifice Sister Rose. Like, can we just de-age her? Because she's a fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> oh, we can totally sacrifice her. Well, I'll count it. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you have to sacrifice someone, I'm going with Sister Rose. I'm going with Joffrey from Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I take it back. I take back everything I said. I take back everything. <laughs> <laughs> Either him or Malfoy. Uh, what's the little Malfoy? Not Draco? Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, Draco Malfoy, yeah, right? Yeah, Draco, yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah. See, guys. <laughs> I watched Harry Potter for the first time like a year ago. It's yeah. okay, guys. It's okay. Cool. And that moves me over to my questions. So <laughs> I want to know from you guys. Like, Nick Cage is obviously pretty determined to see this one through but i'm just wondering about you guys personally like at what point would you guys have fled the summer isles oh that's an interesting question because i never would have even fucking went yes it'd have been, it'd been like <laughs> i got a letter from somebody i banged like a decade ago and she's like oh yeah I feel for do- uh, almost married little, her it's the one man. that got away well i do get letters from her now and i'm not going back wait what <laughs> God damn it, Brendan! I'm coming for you! (laughs) Check out what were they thinking to find out Steve's lost love. (laughs) But anywho, yeah, I I did have been like, man, that sucks for you. You should, uh, you know what, maybe I'll talk to whoever has jurisdiction of that area and say, hey, you may want to check this shit out. And then they get killed. Cool. Or not. Maybe they figure it out because they're actually good cops. It would be the shortest movie ever, but I'm right there with you, Steve. Like, even to the point that if I got on the boat and I started hallucinating about young girls getting smashed by trucks off the back of the boat, that would be enough for me to go, hang on, wait, hold up, I need to go to the hospital. I'm not doing too well. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, uh, apparently I'm still having side effects. <laughs> exactly. So, so I'm going to pretend that it's somebody I just can't say no to, haven't heard from in a long time, and I'm thinking like, all right, I'm Nick Cage. I'm a police officer. I'm going to go and see what's going on. She doesn't seem to have called the cops. So I'm going to go see if I need to alert the local authorities, you know, try and do it with a cool head. Go, you know, before I'm raising too much suspicion. I get to Summer Isle. It's a little difficult. Yeah, as soon as I got there and they're like, you're not welcome here. And here's a bloody bag with something in it. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Peace out. Wasn't that a shark or something? <laughs> By the no, way, what is was... in that? Yeah. <laughs> what's that... in the bag? What's in the bag? <laughs> <laughs> that was actually my backup answer as well when I was writing that question. I was like, that bit where he says, is there a shark or something? And then they try and fucking scare him with it. I was like, yeah, no, nah, that would be enough for me to get, get me the fuck out of here. This is ridiculous. Right. Like, maybe go see your lost love. Be like, yo, I'm obviously not needed here. If your daughter's really missing, I'm going to go. I'll, I'll go contact the local authority and see how much, like, you know, how much sway I can have. Have a good day. Meet me on Absolutely. the mainland. Yeah, next question. We've basically done this a few times, so I want to hear from you guys. What is your favorite piece of dialogue from this film? 
And if you can, do it in the styles of Nicolas Cage. Steve, are we going to have the same one? Uh, I don't know. Mine's a... <clears throat> this is murder! You'll all be guilty and doing it for nothing! Killing me will bring your goddamn honey back, you bitches! <laughs> oh, that's mine. How about yours? I love it. We do not oh, have the same fucking one. fucking crying laughing. Good week, Steve. <laughs> we do not have the same one, because mine was... How did it get burned? 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 I, I love that, eh? The, the best thing about it is her reaction where she's like sincerely like looking at like, I don't know. I would like to believe that she did not know what line was coming. Like they were just like, he's going to ask you some questions. Or, just act, li- you know, just react. Or that he'd yell it eight times at her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just be, just be calm and demure. He's, you know, you just answer. And then she's, the poor actress is just standing there going, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 There's the other part too, I can't remember if it's when he gets into the schoolhouse or no, nah, he goes into that room and he just starts screaming at those people and he's just like, I'm going to investigate, you just stay the fuck out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah, when he's like going door to door and like pointing yeah. the guns at like little girls and like flicking their mask off and stuff, that was like, oh, that's got to go up on the list for the dick moves. <laughs> Great answers there, guys. Love them. Uh, final question. As Nicolas Cage explains to us throughout the film, he's allergic to bees, so he has to carry around a couple of EpiPens. We see him with two at at one point. And then, yeah, as we mentioned, he goes running for a field, gets stung to shit by a whole bunch of bees, and then he wakes up at the doctor's place. or in Summer Isle's house. Yeah, he wakes up at Summer Isle's house, that's right. And he's like, oh, did you guys use my EpiPens? And they basically said, no, 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 we use the old methods to cure your allergic reaction. I'll know from you guys, what is the old method? What what old method do you use to cure an allergic reaction? Steve, I'm going to pass this one to you. <laughs> well, I, I would like to quote from one of my other favorite movies of all time, Life Force. The old way! Let it iron! Not through the heart, but through the life center, two inches below the heart! <laughs> <laughs> Makes as much sense as fucking anything. Right. Oh. Carson, can you hear me? All right. <laughs> yes, Watch I Life Force, everybody. <laughs> Sam, Definitely. have you seen Life Force? I have. Absolutely, I have. Oh, oh thank God. <laughs> we were worried you might not have. And uh, that, that movie, I, I feel like you're like us. You would just yeah. adore it. And show it to your daughter on her fourth birthday. Absolutely. What I loved about that scene was the fact that he wakes up in, in, the, do- in the Summer Isles house. Like, he wakes up there. And then somebody says to him, oh, you're here. She's been expecting you. And yeah. it's like, he fucking blacked out <laughs> in the field and he got dragged to her house. He didn't go there on his own volition. What the fuck is going on? Well, they, they didn't finish their sentence. Like, she's been expecting you, dot, 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 to regain consciousness. <laughs> exactly. And then want to ask some questions. Not, not go nurse herself back to health, having had quite possibly a near-death experience. Oh, no, no, no. She knows that you're immediately going to want to ask questions straight after that. Yeah. <laughs> still love this film still love don't like don't let this yeah confuse anyone still absolutely love this film yeah yeah we have to oh, nitpick yeah. sometimes you know it's for entertainment value absolutely. critique is uh, some of the highest form of flattery exactly cool and that moves us down to our final question that i threw out there to our listeners as well to answer um basically did a poll and just had a little, some people chime in with anything that they could think of and, I mean, yeah, you guys obviously love the So Bad It's Great, I guess is the best way to describe <laughs> yeah. some of these films. So I want to know from you guys, like, what is your guys' favorite Guilty Pleasure movie? And I'll tell you what, you guys can give me a top three if you like. You can also give me a top three Nicolas Cage ones, because I've got a top three Nick Cage, and I've got a top three So Bad It's Good. So, yeah. 
Or- yeah, to, uh, three that I was uh, thinking of. Um, I mean, besides this movie, uh, of course, there's The Room, which is like everybody's favorite. Yep. So bad it's good movie. I also love Congo, and I will not apologize. Unapologetically. You also love Dirty Work. Yeah, well, Dirty Work's a great comedy. There are people who think that's not a good movie. It's like an hour and four minutes. How can you hate it? Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I'll, I'll throw Life Force in there, too. I fucking love Life Force. God, Life Force is so good. Life Force, Congo, and Wicker Man, sign me up. Fair enough. What about Nick Cage? What are, you, what are your top three Nicolas Cages? Let's see, top three Nicolas Cage. Um, I mean, Face Off's got to be up there, so I'll throw that in there. Mm. Um, I was going to say it's... Uh, Vampire's Kiss, probably. Yes. Yeah. And you love Con Air. I do love Con Air, but I know it's like, oh, oh the raw Con Air and Face Off. Like, yeah, that's easy. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Vampire's Kiss, and yeah, we'll go Con Air. Well, yeah, my top, like, guilty pleasure movies, um, obviously my favorite movie in the whole wide world is Big Trouble in Little China. Nice. There are people who will argue that's not a good movie, and they're wrong, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, uh, let's see. I really love Predators, and I know that movie is not super beloved, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, it's Adrian Brody as an action superstar. Right? I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And um, my ultimate guilty pleasure that I know I fully acknowledge is a trash movie, but I still love it. Uh, Jingle All the Way. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I I love that movie. I love it so much. (laughs) <laughs> wow uh but my uh my top <laughs> nick cage tr- uh movies yeah i mean well i before i even met my husband i named my cat caster troy so obviously face off is like right up in there mm. um recently i really 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 liked color out of space oh yeah yeah that's good yeah. that movie was way better than it even had to be and between yeah, two absolutely. worlds between two worlds is really good <laughs> But or between worlds, sorry. I'm not gonna lie. I also really liked Primal. I mean, it's Ugh. the best Nick Cage movie featuring a cat in a boat. <laughs> it's like Life of Pi, but with Nick Cage. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for Jujitsu to come out. Oh my god! I, I feel like oh Jujitsu is gonna oh. be a top three. Do, do, do you know about Jujitsu, Sam? No. <gasps> oh, okay. So you, you know they like redid the Kickboxer movies, right? It's like Kickboxer Vengeance and uh, Retaliation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so it's the director of that and the star, Elaine Moosey. Who's great. With, with Tony Jaw and Nick Cage in a mm-hmm. martial arts movie where they fight, wait for it, aliens. Oh, fuck, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so hard. My favorite movie I've never seen. You're right. <laughs> that sounds my, fucking amazing. My favorite wet dream turned to a script. <laughs> exactly. That's the best way to describe it. That sounds insanely good. <laughs> That's awesome. How about you, Sam? Uh, yeah, my favorite guilty pleasure movies. I mean, yeah, you've mentioned the room. That is just up there. Like, it's prob- possibly only topped by Vampire's Kiss. Like, those two movies I've seen way too many times, and I don't even <laughs> give a shit. Like, I'll sit down and watch them from start to. I'll go watch it now. I couldn't give a fuck. Like, it. There's very few films out there that somebody said, "Hey, do you want to watch this movie right now?" Those are two of them that I'm like, "Yeah, I do. I absolutely do." Let's I record mean, another episode of Vampire's Kiss. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Happy to. And then, like, Showgirls is another one that I've just seen so many oh. times. 
I watched yeah. it so many times growing up. And to the point that, like, I watched it so many times growing up that when someone said to me, fuck, have you seen Showgirls? God, that movie's shit. I was like, what the fuck? How could anyone not like that film? This doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot better than Showgirls 2, Pennies from Heaven. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, okay. I mean, it, was, it was one of those things that like, as soon as the internet was invented and I discovered that other people actually hated this film, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this world? My favorite, like, yeah, Connie and Face Off and The Rock, I feel like a legitimately good Nicolas Cage films. Whereas like my favorite guilty pleasure ones, the ones that I've watched more times than I'd probably admit to most people, is this is Vampire's Kiss and then Ghost Rider 2, which is yeah. uh, kind of ties into a film that um, oh, we'll, we'll talk about a bit more at the end, but it kind of ties into a film that I'm guessing on an episode of you guys with, which is uh, directed yeah. by Brian Taylor and the other one, Nevildine. Is that the one? Yep. Yeah, and Mark, Mark Nevildine. Mark Nevildine, yeah, that's right. And there's something about it. Like, I didn't really enjoy the first Ghost Rider all that much, but the second one, man, he's like pissing fire and like, it's just, it's so stupid, but it's so enjoyable and i don't know what he's it is fighting the highlander i mean come on <laughs> exactly idris elba idris elba shows elba. up for some reason with a french accent yes. <laughs> it's french idris elba <laughs> french idris elba it's fucking brilliant anywho so i basically put the top four ones out there that i think are the most like sort of common or well-known so bad it's good films that was the wicker man the room showgirls and batman and robin and batman and robin stomped home with 42 percent of the vote the Room got 33%, Showgirls got 18 and The Wicker Man only got 7 I mean, there's no losers, really, when you have a look at some of these Yeah, it's true. I see, Batman and Robin is ridiculous. I, I, I remember watching that in a theater and just being like, wow, this is bad. And yeah. <laughs> but, it, but watching again and again, it's like, I, I mean, I see what they were going for, but still bad. <laughs> it's not great, but it fits into the Batman universe. Yeah, it's sort of it's sort of like the fourth Indiana Jones. It's not great, but it fits into the universe. Like it follows the tropes. Yeah, it is what it is. (laughs) 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 Had a couple of comments from a couple of our listeners. Glenn McGregor said, "I'm going to go with Showgirls on the list, but I'd say Spookies from 1986 overall." There's a film I've never even heard of. Uh, Shane, he said, "You put me onto the room, and I've never looked back." Good on you, Shane. Glad you enjoyed it. Pirate Comics Sir John said Yellowbeard is my go-to bad but good. I love it. Oh, yeah. Yellowbeard's pretty good. Stephanie Magny said, I don't know how anyone could answer anything but The Room. And it's so true. I fucking love The Room. God, it's so good. (laughs) How many Blu-rays of The Room do we currently own? Is it three or four? I think three. Yeah. We keep keep going to com, and he keeps having (laughs) things where it's like, Hey, get the nice pair of sweatpants and a, a, a little doggy plush <laughs> I did and not a get Blu-ray the, for 10 bucks. I did it's not like, get the doggy. Oh, I, we got the sweatpants and we got you the underpants. Oh, yeah, the underpants. Jeez. By the way, you can buy Tommy Wiseau brand underwear. They smell yeah. like they've been warned Ooh, by him. No, I would not recommend No, they that. smell like petroleum products. Oh, that too. Yeah. So, so definitely have been warned by him. Then definitely be smelling like petroleum <laughs> products. <laughs> He <laughs> normally greases himself up every time he plays some football in his tuxedo, so he's probably fucking doing that. A uh, <laughs> couple of answers here. Spy Hards said there's, oh, there was only one answer, which is Batman and Robin. And then Combat Jones also threw out a gif of the room. And Movie Journey Podcast also said Batman and Robin. So, yeah, bit of love out there for the So Bad It's Good films. But, uh, yeah, that's our podcast done. But uh, as we've sort of hinted and alluded to, I'm guessing on an episode of your guys. And so why don't you talk about that? And why don't you talk about your guys' podcast before we end the show? 
Yeah, uh, you can hit us up over at Everything I Learned From Movies at E-I-L-F Movies on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, Mom and Dad 2017's yeah! Force Majeure. Uh, from, so good. Sorry, Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair and Lance Henriksen. Yeah, and of course, yeah, we're celebrating uh, September Stallone going into next month, so check that out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah! <laughs> and babe, are you on social media at all? I am. You can find me everywhere at Untidy Venus. That's a goddess who's bad at housekeeping. I make art, including I've got a whole set of uh, movie monsters who love kittens, because I'm a monster kid. I love the movie monsters, and I love cats! <laughs> nice. Yeah, very much looking forward to our episode coming out. I, Mum and Dad, I mean, like, fuck, if you guys ever want me on for a Nicolas Cage film, I'm there. I'll watch anything of his. I don't give a shit. There's very few actors out there in the world that I would do that for, but he's definitely one of them. <laughs> Anything you say? Yeah. <laughs> Captain Corelli's mandolin, I hear? Ooh, no. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Actually, I've never seen that I've one. I've never so. seen it. Yeah. I've never seen it either. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Cool, and yeah, that takes us to the end. Thank you again to our Patreons for supporting us. You guys are absolutely fucking awesome. We appreciate it. It helps all of us get made. Uh, we also thank anyone that's listened to this podcast. If you guys want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us on Twitter, where we, where we are our most prolific at Movie Reviews In, or you can just send us an email at mritqs at gmail.com. Upcoming films, we have the wonderful M from Verbal Diorama coming on to do Pacific Rim. Uh, there's also talk about me, Liz, and somebody new potentially doing the new project. Oh, what the hell is it called? Power Project or something that's just come out on Netflix? Oh, Project Power, the Jamie Foxx one? That's the one, Project Power, because, I mean, unsurprisingly, there's a lack of movies coming out. But tentatively, <laughs> Tenet, you know, the Christopher Nolan film is still kind of slated to come out here in New Zealand, maybe. That's, we're maybe going to see that by the end of the month, so who knows? Well, let us know what we're missing out on. We'll... uh We'll be waiting for, I don't know, the Megan Fox movie Rogue to come out, which should be amazing. <laughs> oh. oh, hold me back. <laughs> and, and guys, everybody listening out there, head on over to Patreon.com and throw a couple ducats Sam's way. He's got a little yeah. girl to worry about. He, he needs a few dollars. Come on, guys. Keep the lights on. Plus, you get all cool, like, exclusive episodes and uh, yeah, he throws out polls and stuff like that. <laughs> polls. Yeah, just, just uh, give him some money. Yeah, Thanks, get access to man. Sam's poll. I don't know if you guys are trying to kill me with flattery because killing me won't bring back your goddamn honey, but uh, thanks anyway, <laughs> Steve. <laughs> and while you're over there, why not head over to patreon.com slash EILF movies. That's everything I learned from movies. And Okay. <laughs> yeah, Good old shit plugger, Steve. <laughs> Good work. Good promotion. You're pretty much the opposite of New Zealanders. We just we hate doing self-promotion. It fucking drives us insane. Anywho, that is thanks from me. And me. And me.